think it is our duty as podcast duty. Nice. I believe it is our duty as dutiful podcasters, um, which some may dispute that, but I say fuck that. Well, the cat is the cat is not pleased. <laughs> um, I feel like we should apologize for the last episode. That audio was whack. Yeah. That was particularly yeah. whack. We were, tr- we were trying new things. We're constantly trying new constantly things. Constantly trying new things, but with so little time to test new things, we test new things live on the podcast. Yes. This time we're testing being farther away from each other. Yes. we. Uh, I got a cheap, like, out, not AliExpress, but um, a cheap camera lens cover thing for my phone, and we're hoping that works. Yes. More, the idea is more distance between us, less our own mics picking up each other. That is ideal. Ideal. That would be ideal. Indeed. That would. Now, last week, we had a lovely little bonus episode of the podcast. We did. For those that are unaware, we did a lovely interview with Cisco and Steven of the Role Playing Degenerates right here on TikTok. We are, of course, recording live on the TikTok, as we are Are. often known to do. Yes. And uh, they're uh, they're a fucking joy. Indeed. Uh, Cisco and Steven are amazing. We would love to have them back on the podcast in the future if there's something more timely. Uh, they're military veterans. They're, we're, we're lo- they're looking to do a cool D&D military charity stream of some kind. Uh, details TBD. Oh my gosh, the cat. It's playtime when we record the podcast. It always is. It is. We are, we are in the same room, so she feels the need to cause a scene. Exactly. Exactly. And, and cause a scene, she most certainly does. As, as you mess as with the away. game. As I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just here vibing, you know? I'm vibing. No thoughts, I'm just vibing. vibes. No thoughts, just vibes. It is 8 p.m. 8.30. It's 8.30 on a Thursday. Double cheeked up, hella ass, barbecue you know, sauce everywhere. All about my titties. All about my titties. Now, Samuel. Yes. We're finally actually going to be playing Call of the Nether Deep. By the time this goes live, the game will have already happened. That's true. And ironically, three days passed. Yes, yes. And ironically, um, we will not have actually played Call of the Nether Deep. We'll be we'll have played Dangerous Designs from the Explorer's Guide to Wild Mountain. Yes. A a suitable prequel even suggested in Call of the Nether Deep. Uh, I believe the specific one that they recommended was like the Jorhasian The Spirit the Dangerous Spirits Away. Yeah. That spirits one. Away. Yeah. No thank you. I read through that one when I got the book. It's my least favorite of the four. I think Tides of Retribution is my favorite, followed closely by Dangerous Designs. The Frozen the Frozen Sick is cool, but very that's the campaign you gotta go you know you mm. gotta be in Isle Cross you gotta maybe if you if it was like a precursor sort of to like um, uh, Icewind Dale or something okay and you I just like that. change the setting that'd be cool but alas alas here we are very exciting because two people uh, who have never played D&D will be joining us and uh, I've been working with them on their character concept and it is the, it's something the discussions we've had about uh, about your friend who's going to be playing a divine soul uh, sorcerer yes um, already already bananas yes uh, the other one's going to be playing a paladin a paladin ooh yes interesting and we'll we'll get into that in the future but 
right now, right now, this moment, this very moment, at this very moment, you should go follow us on TikTok and the YouTubes. We have finally released the Spell Points video. Exciting. I think I might have mentioned that on the last one. I don't remember when that came out. Time's a weird soup. It really is. It really is. But the Spell Points video is out. Um, It is our best performing video on our YouTube channel, which is, well, that's not a short. That, which, you know, cool, awesome. Still only like 35 views. I mean... That's, 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 it was the number one ranked video on our channel for like every time period, which is great. Yeah, I'm Um, here for it. I got some, I got some ideas for other ones. You've got some ideas for some some other ones. You've got something in the pipeline. We've got another format that we want to churn out that might be a bit easier to be consistent on the YouTubes, which, so you subscribe to us. All of this in the link tree. We've got the homebrew packs. We got an Instagram. We've got an Instagram. Dungeon now. Dot Bros. Yeah, we we we've we've been doing some BTS photography a little bit, a little on, bit on showing off some of our minis, some of the terrain, exactly, some of um, in progress and builds. Yeah, um, a character sheet. I just ran out of things. Sam, Sam flashed us once, which was lovely. You don't remember that? No, no. Oh, you're, I mean, yeah, your dick's online now. Oh. No, I'm not. I didn't want to Chris Evans this shit. <laughs> You'd never Chris Evans this, if you will. I don't think people like me enough to have that same situation happen. <laughs> Very fair. Now, oh, I feel like, oh, hold on, hold on. Oh, man, my phone's over there. What do, what do you need? What did, what were we supposed to talk about? Because we recently did a lovely interview with Big Daddy Velvet. Yes. Big Velvet on the TikToks. And he he went through some of our podcasts for the Dungeon Bros lore. Yes. To get that sweet, sweet lore. Yes. He is a faithful listener. Faithful. And uh, I made a note on my phone. That's right. I remember you making a note on your phone. You said, don't forget it. I'm going to put this on my phone because we're going to forget it. Now your phone's over there. Now my phone's across the table recording the TikTok live. How many people are watching the TikTok live? Uh, like five. Ooh. Ooh. I guess we'll just have to do it next time. I think I'm going to stop the live, and I'm going to redo the live once I find out what the thing is. Hold on. For those of you pe- lovely people watching the live, hello. We love you. Uh, Connor sucks. We also haven't actually done our formal greeting yet for the podcast. Oh, no. oh, I remember. Dude, is it really necessary to stop the live? I didn't. Oh, you didn't? Lost connection, try switching between data and Wi-Fi. Is, uh, is it live? Yep. Awesome! Love the internet. Love the internet. I remember what the bit is now. Okay. Um, so... We had an interview recently with Big Daddy Velvet here. Big Velvet. Big Dot Velvet. His real name Ralph. On the TikToks. His name's Ralph. He's lo- Ralph. 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 He's lovely. Lovely. Person. He's lovely. Uh, that pot, that, oh my goodness, that interview podcast will go live next week as a bonus mm-hmm. uh, in between our regular episodes of the podcast, but he was very intrigued by our discourse on... The hot dog and the sandwich debate. Yes. And the many other food-related debates. Soup and he, is cereal soup. Yes. He, he made a very compelling argument for soup and cereal not being the same, such which that I feel like I have, upon further reflection, changed my opinion that cereal is, in fact, not a soup. 
and soup is in fact not a cereal based upon the cooking requirements of the soup mm. of the ingredients in the broth now the reason i bring up broth yes is oh he, yeah <laughs> is he he poised a question for us that um I don't, I don't know if I have a good answer for it. <laughs> and that is, is chicken broth coffee? Or tea. Or tea. Are coffee and chicken broth tea? Yes. Because if you think about the actual definition of tea, I'm pretty sure it's just things soaked in water. Steeped in hot liquid, I would Steeped believe, in hot liquid. Would be my guess. Which I guess maybe a cold brew isn't... Isn't tea. If it's not hot. Mm. Oh, fuck. Are you, are you going to that one? I just Googled what makes tea tea. (laughs) We have these lovely computers here and we rarely actually use them for anything besides what we set up before the podcast. Definition of tea. Now I've watched the Modern Rogue episodes where they go to the tea house. Okay. First of all, there's a third definition for just British people, which is an afternoon meal consisting typically of tea to drink, sandwiches, and cake. Fuck off. No, that's not tea. That's luncheon. Afternoon tea. It's an afternoon snack. Whatever. I mean, I'll eat any time of day, to be honest with you. The primary definition, a hot drink made by infusing the dried crushed leaves of the tea plant in boiling water. What's the secondary definition? The secondary definition, the evergreen shrub or small tree that produces tea leaves native to South and Eastern Asia and grown as a major cash crop. Mm. Now, that that technical definition does throw a wrench into the idea of coffee and chicken broth being teas. And it's actually requiring it to be the tea plant. Or a plant of some kind. Um, Now, the plant of some kind may if if we can okay so we've got the hard definition of what's tea yes we got the hard definition we do now i think i think we can all agree that just expanding it from specifically tea leaves to plants hmm. that's a reason that's a reasonable expansion of the definition sure which would include coffee as a as a form of tea and really any herbal herbal teas of course of course now the as as a native-born American Mark. that offends me because we dumped tea and chose coffee as the alternative in our rebellion against the Brits. Mm. A wonderful time, our revolutionary. Indeed. That's not true. It was terrible. <laughs> that was a terrible point in history. I mean, most points honestly, in history are terrible. Honestly, I would argue every point in history is terrible. Honestly, but, yes. But, but, the, the, the concept of having to admit that coffee is indeed a tea offends me to my core Mm. it's one of those it's so frustrating because i know it's correct and that's why it offends me do you know what i mean yes and also no it's just amusing for me that you're Mm. offended over this i mean i'm a proud american i'm very proud i'm not proud of everything our country does i'm not proud of our politicians i am proud of us as a people Mm. and you can choose to agree with that or not and the whole concept of the Boston Tea Party is just hilarious to me. There's nothing more American to me 
than being so upset by attacks that you go rob, vandalize, and dump stuff into the ocean. (laughs) I feel like, for good or bad, that's very American, and I'm proud of that to an extent. So our chosen morning beverage of coffee being technically, I would have to admit, a subsidiary of tea is upsetting. Hmm. Now, here's a, here's a further point. You don't drink coffee. Not in the slightest. Nope. Not even... No cold brew, no hot brew. Uh, now, now, no, no, no. I do I do drink a cold brew do from you? time to time. I've, I've never seen you ingest one. Uh, that, well, I don't drink it at home. I usually am drinking it at work when I'm working a morning shift and I'm particularly tired. Mm. I will go down to our lovely little convenience store we have in our break room. I say convenience store. It is a couple of fridges as well as several shelves of snacks and beverages. And I'll grab one of those like Starbucks Frappuccino coffees, which is barely coffee to begin yeah, with. Yeah, it's mostly it's mostly a milkshake. Um, which, by the way, I recently found it. out that those Frappuccino bottles. Th- this is gonna f- sidebar, sidebar, sidebar. This is gonna blow your mind if you don't know this. But those bottles are meant to be dumped into a blender with ice and thus creating a literal Starbucks Frappuccino because it has that xanthan gum oh. extraction in See, it that keeps it emulsified. I've never enjoyed drinking those. Is just because they're so, they're so. They are meant to be diluted. Yeah, is the thing that makes sense now. Now my pro maneuver is to buy one of those bottles when I'm at work. Buy one of those bottles and then buy a bottle of chocolate milk mm. and then go have these on those things. And that is delicious and fattening in all of the best ways. <laughs> on all of them. All of them. Now, we come to the conundrum of the broth. The broth, yes. Be it a bone broth, a chicken broth, a vegetable broth. Now, the vegetable broth, the vegetable broth... With our expanded definition... With the expanded definition, the vegetable broth would indeed be a tea. Indeed. And I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that definition as well. Now, is it a step too far to include the meat and bones of an animal steeped in hot water? Well, usually you also steep them with vegetables. So yes. it's, ju- it's just like if you add milk to or lemon to a tea... Can you add bone? Mm. Like, if you were to drink, if you were to get an afternoon cup of British tea, please, British people in the comments, weigh in. Um, <laughs> or don't, you filthy lobsterbacks. If you were... <laughs> you filthy lobsterbacks. If you were you. to have a cup of tea, a cup of Earl Grey? I don't know. English breakfast? It, I, I don't know. Yeah. Which of these is a... If you put a bone Sleepy in, time? Probably not. <laughs> if you put a bone into that, if you took a cow's femur and stuck it in there now and that is, i don't think that's very i think that's mildly disingenuous for the distinction between it's not it's not quite the same as pouring in a, a splash of cream or lemon to flavor a tea okay, it, you... it is if you were if you were to toss the lemons into the tea in the brewing process now Okay, what if you use bone marrow to flavor your tea? Mm, 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 that that seems a little more. You're right. It seems a little mm, more equivocal then. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm comfortable with expanding the definition. Now, it wouldn't be a broth at that point. It would be a tea with bone marrow. Exactly. So it wouldn't be a broth, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that being considered tea. Now, the bone broth because. I feel like if we can narrow down any kind, it, it, the the broth that has the most chance of success in this tea category, I feel like would be the bone broth. 
the the chicken the beef broth that you include muscle fibers and tissues but if you can convince someone that the bone broth is indeed a tea then by expansion it's very easy to make the jump to beef and chicken broth so we i feel like the bone broth is where we really need to nail this down so we don't have it is organic tissue technically but it is formed in such a way that is similar to inorganic tissue with the bone and the calcium. The marrow within is more similar to the meat fibers of a chicken or a beef that would be getting broken down in this broth-making process. It, it's, it's really a tough call because I, I can see both ways right now. You know what? Um, we could also... As we are known to do, create lore for our own empire. Of course. Um, and just, you know, we, we can just say bone broth is in fact a tea. And that's what we drink every morning. <sighs> wow, we're just, we're just jumping right into it, aren't we? Um, now, I am not opposed to the idea of drinking a bone broth in the morning. Okay. It's you know it's full of it's full of vitamins full of minerals. That's, that's true. It has, it's, it's there's a, a lot of people that live or die by the drinking of the morning bone broth or the before bed bone broth. There's collagen. It's good for your skin. You know, I think you convinced me. I think that I I think that I am willing to admit that the broth is a tea. Broth is a tea. You heard it here first, broth folks. Is tea. Come at us or, um, or and, don't. Interestingly, the time warp of uh, things, you'll hear the inspiration of this in a week. Yeah. Or a week and a half from if you're watching live. Now, Sam, I think it's time we actually get into the podcast part of this podcast. Yes, this is ostensibly do, a D&D podcast. It is ostensibly a D&D podcast, but we have gone on. For, we've waffled on for 20 minutes. Jeez, about how did this happen? Well... I mean, we had to. I had to go stop the stream. Would, I had to look at the notes. It's 19 minutes right now on my recording software. Probably not in the final edit. Don't come at me. But we got some juicy news this week. We do. But first, we, first we should introduce ourselves. Oh, that's right. We should do the intro <laughs> part of this. I am Connor, and I'm Sam, and we are not brothers. Nor are we in a dungeon. But we might one day be. We're, we do both love D&D. Yeah, we're working on it. We, quite literally. Absolutely. Quite literally. You can find us on the TikToks, on the YouTube, on the Instagram. You can get our homebrew, which, by the way, our, our new friends, Cisco and Steven, have had raving reviews of the Blood Magic supplement that we have put out on Drive RPG. It's over 30 pages of wonderful homebrew if you're interested in Hemocraft and Blood Magic, utilizing the hit dice for a mechanical purpose outside of healing on a fucking short rest, which I am planning on in, in involving in another supplement we have planned in the future. We'll get into that down okay. the line. I, was, I, I don't know about this, folks. Oh, okay, bleep this, bleep this future Connor. It's the pack. Oh, you want to use it in the, in the same way of... Of the melee melee special attacks? Yes. Okay. Yes. Interesting. Exactly. For the fans of the hit series, mm. as well as the hit fan, the fans of the hit anime show, mm -hmm. now all of those titles are going to be bleeped out. 
and you can guess in the comments about what those are. If you're watching live on the TikTok, all probably four of you, sneak peek. Our next supplement is going to be the gun pack. Uh, we want to make some firearms, some mm -hmm. subclasses, uh, nice little armory. Uh, no plans for a release date yet. No, barely started working on it. I mean, conceptions. We're, we've got an we idea. We doc. can conceive things all day. I am we need nothing to. if not willing to conceive with you, Sam. Why'd you look away from me? Make eye contact. No. Stop, stop not making I mean, eye first contact. First off, you know I don't like eye contact in general. <laughs> All right. Now that we've got the intro out of the way. Into the news. 25 minutes in. So, big news this week. Unfortunate news to start off the Very day. Very unfortunate. Um, Origins issue statement following Satine Phoenix and Jameson Stone controversy. Origins Game Fair issued the following statement in regards to a series of allegations about Satine Phoenix and Jameson Stone. During Origins, a situation regarding our special guests, Jameson Stone and Satine Phoenix, developed. With attendees' safety as our highest priority, staff assessed that there was no immediate risk of physical harm. We continue to monitor this situation and proceed with modify a modified schedule for all Origins Game Fair does not condone abuse in any form and is committed to being a safe and inclusive festival for all. Jameson Stone, best-selling sci uh, fantasy sci-fi author and game designer, and Satine Phoenix, comic book illustrator, painter, cosplay model, and D&E personality, have had numerous writers, designers, and even tattoo artists speak out about mistreatment from the pair. This all came about recently when Chadro Tattoos, at Nerdy Tattooer on Twitter, posted a th text thread between him and the pair from December of 2020 with a reply thread where he detailed the insulting, berating, and belittling that was done to him throughout their business together, which includes contract negotiations, flying out, and a three-day tattoo session. After Roe put out his Twitter thread, a number of others, including writers and designers who worked on Siren's Battle of the Bards, a 5e campaign and setting in the city of artists where bards inspire revolution, a Kickstarter that ran uh, April through May of 2021, on that project, similar issues as well as payment disputes and threats of blacklisting. Other allegations against Satine have go, go all the way back to 2016 from her work on Maze Arcana, where she DM'd a group of all females in a Faerun setting. A credible source from Bell of Lost Souls, where we got this article, says that they witnessed Stone and Phoenix same pattern of bullying and gaslighting on Satine Quest, a D&D cruise featuring the pair. At this time, Origins will proceed with a modified schedule in regards to the events featuring the two. Now, I want to lead off with Twitter is a terrible place to mm -hmm. exist. And it emboldens a lot of people to spout things. That being said, when you got screenshots galore from multiple people of text conversations with two individuals being just absolute douchebags... The court of public opinion has made their case quite well yes. in this instance. Right before we recorded, about an hour before we recorded, Teen Phoenix was live on the Instagram and had the the crying, the running nose of, of tears and upset. And I think uh, the world is definitely kind of the, the tabletop RPG community is definitely going in on them right now. And yes. I would argue rightfully so in many ways. Um, I, I will say I respect that Origins didn't just kick them. Mm -hmm. You can be an asshole and still be... How do I want to say this? You can still be an asshole 
and not be a threat to people yes. to the point that you need to be removed from employment and opportunities. Um, I'm interested in the future because we are going to Gen Con in August. Uh, there Satine. are a lot of Satine, Phoenix. And one of them sold out almost immediately. She is very popular. Yes. Um, so I'm interested to see what they want to do, if they issue a statement or if they just let it ride. I'm interested to see if a lot of people drop out. I wouldn't, I honestly wouldn't mind seeing the, there's a free event. That's the one yes. that filled up immediately. I want, I wonder if you'd be able, if we'd be able to walk up and get in because a lot of the time if it's sold out they'll fill it and then if there's people waiting and there's room like people that got a ticket but didn't go um and then they let people in i wonder if that if that event is going to be like slashed by people being like fuck you i'm not going yeah i um was watching the uh, the instagram live while i was you know setting up for for this and making dinner and all that and um, Satine was directly addressing some of the allegations made against her and some of the th- comments that were made. And and be on her side, be against her. We're not here to tell you what to think. Nor are we saying that anything really should happen to them. Yeah, but what we, what we do know is, um, at least the way she was making it sound, her career is basically over in the D&D space. I'm not particularly surprised. Um, she might try and strike it out on her own without partnerships. And I'm sure there's going to be contingents of people that love her content mm-hmm. uh, and can overlook behavior and behavior can change and all of these things. But yeah, I, I they're probably going to lay low if they're smart. They're going to lay low and maybe try and come back in the future. And I'm, you know, honestly, if if they end up bettering themselves and can be a more overall positive force in the community, then I'm all for that. Yeah, we are we are we are not ones to judge. Not at all. And we are not huge on giving advice outside of like when you ask us direct questions of yeah. how did you. Don't be a dick. What I will say is, yeah, you gotta you gotta kind of introspect. You gotta look back on yourself, and you gotta Absolutely. you gotta think. Am I doing what I want to be doing with my life and, and how I'm treating people? Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. We now, will continue to do that as we gain fame. Now, that being said. Ooh, that being said. <laughs> don't be a dick. No, don't be a dick. Just don't be a dick. Come on, guys. Mm, problem solved. Second news item of the day. We've talked on previous podcasts, several previous podcasts, about the board battle going on at Hasbro thanks to the activist investor group AltaFox. Hasbro has officially won the battle. Hasbro has fended off a challenge from their activist investor, AltaFox, that wanted to shake up its board and spin off the company's lucrative division that includes Dungeons & Dragons, Magic the Gathering, that being Wizards of the Coast. On Wednesday, as of the writing of this article, which would be Wednesday, June 8th, the Rhode Island-based toy maker said its shareholders voted to re-elect its 13 directors by a, quote, substantial margin, according to preliminary vote tallies. The proxy battle was sparked by AltaFox Capital, which owns a 2.5% stake in the company worth around $325 million. We talked previously about 
the idea of Wizards of the Coast being spun off from Hasbro and whether or not that would be good for one or both or neither of the entities. Mm -hmm. And uh, we kind of landed on, while it could be a benefit to Wizards of the Coast, is it enough of a benefit? Would they, They would have to find some new distribution channels that Hasbro has, but at the same time, they could probably leverage those old partnerships in the first place, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. We kind of decided it was a wash. Um, I think the inevitable has clearly happened here. <laughs> um, yeah. it's it. Hostile takeovers are hard. And a 2.5% stake in a company doesn't sound like a lot, but that is enough to throw your weight around for a board of directors. I mean, how much how much percent did Elon own? He owned like 9% of Twitter yeah. and was able to attempt a buyout of the company. Obviously, he has a lot more funding than AltaFox. Right. Um, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if this isn't the last we hear from this organization. Um, I think it is clear that Hasbro is being propped up largely by Wizards of the Coast at this point, at least in the last half decade or more. I mean, I um, went ahead. I we've talked about this so many times. Yeah. I went ahead and checked out what what entirely their line of game of of products included, and I'll just read them off right now. Obviously, if like we said, Wizards of the Coast being Dungeons and Dragons and Magic the Gathering, but they also have uh, Transformers, big. My Little Pony, big Power Rangers, less big but big, <laughs> uh, Peppa Pig, PJ Masks, don't know what PJ Masks is, Baby Alive, Play-Doh, Nerf, and Hasbro Gaming, and, and Monopoly. And all of those are very, very popular, but as an entire division of the company, I think Wizards of the Coast is bigger than any of those entities individually. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're only continuing to grow. They really are. Uh, I, I think this was inevitable. I think this will probably be the last that we will be talking about this. Um, and it, it didn't even, it barely even impacted the, the value of the company at all with their shares being less than 1% off of their normal range <laughs> at the end of the closing day when the vote happened. So I think, uh, Alta Fox trying to make some big splashes as they literally are only known to do. Yes. And as they're often known to do as well, uh, come up short. And I think that will will likely be the last that we talk of this, unless something new and interesting happens. happens. This this may be the last update. Which is sad. This has been kind of a running thing for us. It has. Well, um, hey, can you put some like little sad music right here? Do 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 the 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 Incredible Hulk uh, walking away sad (laughs) music from the old show. That'd be lovely. The one that they used with Ed Norton in the Ed Norton movie. Yes. Motif. Exactly. Alta Fox, we we put you in the boat. We send you off down the river, and then we toward shoot a waterfall, and then we and then we shoot a fiery arrow at you <laughs> to light you ablaze and never see from you again. Sam, the third item. Unspeakable evil has returned to the legendary city of Baldur's Gate. A call for adventures echoes through the embattled land. Cunning warriors and bold magic users are desperately needed to reclaim Baldur's Gate from a dark sorcery that threatens all in its path. That's right, Baldur's Gate. Dark Alliance 2 has been announced for all modern consoles, including Xbox, PlayStation, Steam, and Nintendo Switch. After the release of the prequel last year, it is no surprise that Wizards and Interplay Entertainment announced the return of the hack-and-slash RPG. In true D&D fashion, players will have a number of classes, characters, abilities, and gear to choose from. While no official release date has been announced, it is expected that this game will come out 
in the summer of 2022. That's very soon. By the end of the summer? By the end of the summer. That's, that's fascinating. That's what, they're, that's what they're promising us. I'm not, I'm not too surprised. They like, they like to do the remasters in the year leading up to the release of the sequel uh, with Baldur's Gate 3. It's currently in early access, and it is a quite popular early access title. Uh, they're hoping to get a 1.0 release in 2023, though they haven't determined a time of the year, just the year. Uh, but the summer of 2022, and that's a normal window for a game release sure, of, of this kind of size. Uh, PlayStation has been known to do that with PC ports of their previous titles before the sequels with uh, Horizon. Uh, people, I, I think, I can't remember if they officially announced it or if people are really speculating that it's going to be God of War next on PC before God of War Ragnarok comes out. I think that was announced. I can't remember. I might be wrong on that. Uh, uh, with Uncharted coming to PC. Yeah. The, it, it's, you know, unsurprising. I have not played Baldur's Gate 3, the early access, though, that looks, because of our love of d d it, it really does look right up our alley. Honestly, I'm... I'm I'm interested in in this release of the the Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance um, remasters or re re releases of the 2004 video game. Now, it's a great era of gaming. The PlayStation 2, the original Xbox, GameCube. It was mm-hmm. a good time, and that is the era that I think is most rife and most most benefits from the remake and remastering culture that we've seen in video games recently. I mean, especially because people like us, who are our age now with adult money, Mm -hmm. that was what they grew up on. It's what we grew up on. It was that point, obviously the PlayStation 1 and like the Nintendo 64 were just polygonal disasters that could run on, that could run on a fucking like Game Boy Advance now. Um, The early DS title. Yeah. 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 Um, and those, and those clearly needed updates because they looked like shit if you tried to go back <laughs> to them. The PlayStation 2 Xbox era is interesting in that they don't... like. I've gone back to play some classic PlayStation 2 games that I absolutely adore. Kingdom Hearts 2 being chief among them. Mm-hmm. And it holds up quite well. If you get one of those uh, component cables for the PlayStation 2 that plugs in with five cables instead of the three normal, the red... Uh, yellow and white normal yeah. one that came with the console. It looks fucking great, as is. Um, but the re-releases of a lot of these PlayStation 2 era titles, the remakes, um, Resident Evil 4 remake is blowing the fuck up. Right oh yeah, now. it's huge. And I wouldn't. And uh, Dark Alliance, while at the time I'm sure was good, and people played it. It doesn't have it. It doesn't seem to have as big of a. Uh, it didn't seem to have as big of a splash as Baldur's Gate Three is having right now before its release. I think this is the right time to do this remaster remake. It's going to be on everything. It's going to be on everything. <laughs> Xbox, yeah. PlayStation, Nintendo Switch, Steam, and the Steam Deck, and the Steam. Well, yes, and the Steam Deck. Uh, I'm intrigued to see the Switch fucking start to sound like an airplane taking off trying to run something but <laughs> you mean like any ps4 and my <laughs> in any ps4 these days that's yeah. true that is true well we'll see i'm probably not gonna buy it but yeah, i mean <laughs> I, don't, I don't have time to play the games that i want to play right now dude yeah we are swamp s- strip stretched for time very thin what's next the next thing you know the very popular movie E.T., the extraterrestrial. Mm -hmm, The extra testicle. (sighs) Wow. 
So in a recent interview with Yahoo Entertainment, Steven Spielberg and Harrison Ford were talking about E.T. And you might be thinking, Connor, the fuck does that have to do with D&D? I'm not. I am. <laughs> I, I don't What the fuck? It's, it's E.T. I mean, sure, spell jammers, maybe. Yeah. But even then, I mean, are we trying to get a fucking spell jammers tie? No, Steven Spielberg. I, this is this. Okay. This is one of those events. I haven't even gotten into it. You have not gotten into it. This is one of these events that I wish I could have just witnessed. Or like fly on the wall. Mm -hmm. Just be a part of that. Uh, Steven Spielberg wanting to get the kids and the other actors to have that sort of camaraderie, that that friendship, that comfort around each other. Because child actors, reasonably so, especially if they're particularly young can struggle to get a good performance out because it's like, I'm around these people I don't know. These yeah. lights are in my face. I'm not comfortable with them. And Harrison Ford, who did make a brief cameo in E.T. as the principal, he invited the cast over to his house to play what? Dungeons and Dragons. The Dungeons and the Dragons. Both games. As a, as a team-building exercise for the cast of this beloved and classic film. I would love to play a game of D&D with Mr. Harrison Ford. Right? That's what, that'd be fucking so cool. Especially because after Star Wars and Indiana Jones and at the turn of the millennia, he's really just kind of had a, ah, fuck off. Oh, let me do my thing attitude. One of my favorite clips of, of him is walking on stage for to announce an award show and, and he just goes, that damn music follows me everywhere. Yeah. He is... He's a joy. He's a joy to behold. Now, is this really a news item per se? No, it was kind of slow, but it was cool. So there you go. Now you know what? Now you know. Now you know. Now. Team building. D&D. Get into it. Please do. Please do. Wrap up time. Wrap Sam. up time. Uh, right now, from Wizards of the Coast, the play activity survey is up. This survey asks you all about your D&D history, including which editions you play, how often, and where you play along with other various bits of information, such as, what's your favorite class? Oh, I took it. Took me about 25 minutes. What's your favorite class? My favorite class? Um, they let you choose three. Oh. Yeah. Do you have to rank order them, or you just No, you just three? choose three. No. Um, I fun. believe I chose Rogue Wizard and... I don't remember what my other choice was. Mm -hmm. But Rogue and Wizard were in there. Mm -hmm. Monk, mm -hmm. maybe? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I like a monk. monk. Now, I have not taken the survey, but... But my answer. Your answer. The wizard, which I play. Mm -hmm. The warlock, which I play. Mm -hmm. And the ranger. You are a big fan of the ranger. I'm a big... I'm a... The ranger, even... even and... Ooh. Ooh. Cancel me. I dare you. But the PHB original ranger is not bad. Honestly, that the hunter subclass. The hunter subclass is not bad. The hunter subclass it slaps. Now, should it's the hunter should the hunter subclass just be the ranger with subclasses added onto it? Yes. But the hunter subclass is good. Hunter subclass is great. Next, D&D uh, &D Beyond has the Vecna dossier. It is the first time for 5th edition that Vecna has been given a stat block form and lore. It is free to any user of D&D Beyond. All you have to do is go to the website and claim the content. And since I have claimed it, it doesn't tell me when uh, you have to do that by. Do it by the end of the I month. I think it's today. Oh, as we record? As we were recording. I think it's Shit. today. That's highly unfortunate. Content's cool if you don't have it already. <laughs> they made Vecna sexy? Kinda. Like, 
Right. Like when it's just the headshot, it's like, damn. And then they show his torso and it's like, oh, OK, <laughs> your rib cage houses your book of vile darkness. And of N- course, we have to remember they also just announced the Vecna statue. Yes. All of this obviously tying into the fourth season of Stranger Things, a show that I have not watched beyond the first season. Fourth season is pretty good. Fourth season is pretty good. Indeed. Indeed. I watched now, it. It's not all out yet, but I watched it. Now, they've changed how stat blocks are in more modern D&D, and clearly mm-hmm. going forward, they're going to continue to set it up how they want it. The The spell casting is a little bit different. You're not going to have spell slots. You have at-will spells two times a day, one times a day. As a lich, the spell list is a little bit limiting, but at the same time, you can give them whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. You know. Do whatever you want. It's easier to, it's easier to run as a at-will, once-a-day, twice-a-day thing, but... Also to point out, um, no legendary actions, but he gets three reactions per round. He does get three reactions per round, one of them being Counterspell, a version of Counterspell that also deals damage. Yep. <laughs> so I love his teleport, where if he teleports near you, you take you just take psychic damage, damage, and he regains 80 hit points. That is fucked. <laughs> 80 hit points is like almost a third of his health from teleporting. Yeah. You better chew through him. You better have a paladin ready to chew Ve- through him. Vecna, Vecna is so much more intimidating than your standard lich. And rightfully, rightfully, rightfully so. Now, Sam, you're a big fan of the MCDM, aren't you? Yes, yes. MCDM, um, the talent class, is an open play test. Uh, so I actually didn't read the article that you posted. I just went ahead and went to the playtest because I am on their Patreon. There you go. Um, but this is a talent... Pardon me. This is the Talent and Psionics, a 5E supplement, features en- every level of this new class, focusing on the use of the dangerous abilities that are used by those like Eleven from Stranger Things, Professor X from the X-Men, and many of Stephen King's uh, caricatures in his story. The, fo- the class focuses less on giving you a pool of resources and more on letting you push your own limits in luck, knowing that if you go too far, you will die. Yeah. The playtest includes seven subclasses, over 100 psionics powers, gemstone, dragonborn, ancestry, psionic items and creatures, as well as supplements for other MCDM uh, products, strongholds and followers, and kingdoms of warfare, to include this new class. Now, I'm not going to say he copied us by, like, oh, you have to do... Well, did we copy Matt Mercer? Maybe. Maybe. But he definitely copied us for the whole taking damage to do things thing. Well, it's not necessarily taking damage. It's you gain ba- almost equivalent levels of exhaustion. Yeah. Like you can... so not that. That's so much worse. Well, they're not, they're not actually <laughs> levels of exhaustion, but it's like if you... You know, there, there are six levels of power. Any first level is a cantrip, basically. Yeah. You can cast this as much as you want. When you cast a first level spell, you have to roll a die. And if you don't get a certain dc against your own against that spell's level then you take a level of um strat of strain and if you get so many levels of strain you die hmm. but there are ways to decrease your strain and there are things you know certain subclasses if you yeah. have more strain you know it's like if, if you do your shit too much here's a migraine and then here's a migraine yeah and then and here's then, a dead. And then here's your nose bleeding. Yeah. And, or, or here's now a, your blood vessels are popping, and now you have an aneurysm. You and fucking now you got. Die. You got Scarlet Witch and Black Bolt. Oh, you Black Bolted them. Oh no. For those of you that have not seen Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, who boy? Who doggy? Who boy? What the most brutal death in the MCU? I would say. Yeah, I would agree. 
fuck that. That was rough. <laughs> that was so much more rough than any of the other ones. He got done dirty. Now, the final item of the wrap-up of the news. WizKids. More minis. Always doing the minis. They're continuing uh, the... Like that's their business product. Isn't that weird? Right? Isn't that weird? Uh, they're going to launch another line of Dungeons & Dragons encounter boxed sets that contain miniatures, terrains, and maps based on various encounters from Dungeons & Dragons Adventures. The first of these new releases is going to be the Showdown setting boxes. It will be a Spelljammer-themed box from the upcoming Light of Xerxes adventure found in Spelljammer Adventures in Space box set that is due for release in August and is bringing back an old Spelljammers monster that we were not aware of going to be in this previously. The Zodar. The Zodar. The Zodar I'm not, I was not aware of prior to this. It is an interesting race of creatures that, much like the clam, is simply a muscle with housing around it. Mm. Except this muscle is vaguely humanoid, and the, and the, the, the shell around it is plate armor <laughs> that... It can stand on and has fingers and legs and can beat the ever-loving shit out of you. Um, it gives me some Juggernaut meets Baymax vibes Ooh. from this miniature. You know what? You know. You look at that mini, and that's exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> Juggernaut meets Baymax is this miniature. Uh, cool. Awesome. Awesome. Spelljammers. It's gonna come out. We're not this gonna summer. buy this mini. We're not gonna. Honestly, mini. well, it's a cool mini. <laughs> okay. The real topic of discussion today. Yes. There wasn't really... A, I mean, we could have talked a bit. We could have gone into the nitty-gritty of Satine Phoenix. I didn't want to do that. You know what? We're not here for that kind of energy. We don't... We don't vibe with that. No. Per se. No, we're happy But what people. we do vibe with... <laughs> the segues, man. I can't right now. Segways are weird. They're weird. Um, what I do vibe with are free things. Mm, I do enjoy a free thing. I am nothing if not willing... To enjoy free things. Now, in D&D, it costs some money. Yes. Playing D&D, not money. Not money. In the hobby of D&D, you're going to spend money. Yes. Lots of it. Now, there are a lot of really great resources out there that are for free. And we are going to talk about, what is it? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven of our favorite free Dungeons & Dragons resources. Mm -hmm. this is for, some of it's for players. Some of it's for DMs. Some of it's a little bit of both. Uh, this is not the order that I'm going to start. You I'm going to start with D&D &D Beyond. D&D &D Beyond! D&D &D Beyond. If you have never played D&D, &D, if you do not own a book, there are there is an entire free miniature player's handbook on D&D &D Beyond that is the basic rules. It includes, I believe, the cleric, the rogue, and the wizard. It includes three classes. I think maybe four. Um... It has a basic breakdown of the rules. You can get a group of people together and play D&D &D with a varied party of four for free Full with the basic fizzle. rules. And you might be thinking, well, Connor, Sam, we're listening to your podcast. We've played D&D &D before. We're into it. We own at least a player's handbook, right? 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 We need to make an Amazon Affiliates link so that you can go buy your player's handbook and we get a commission. We should do that. You could, call, you could consider it sponsoring us. Yes. Yes. We are sponsored by you. You. Our faithful viewer. Uh, because we don't get paid. Now, if you are have been playing for a while, there's still some great things in this basic rule set collection. The content on the D&D &D Beyond. 
I uh, was watching a video by Bob the World Biddle by oh my gosh the World by, Biddle by Bob the World Builder on YouTube, and he was and he's his big project right now is going through the uh, the armory of uh, the equipment in the player's handbook and making the weapons more unique and interesting and varied, <laughs> and he was he uh, did a survey on the most popular weapons and basically it was like which of these weapons needs to be un can be left unchanged and fine and obviously you have like the long sword the long bow sure. the short sword all that kind of stuff at the top at the very very bottom by not even a thin margin like it was very at the bottom like i was like fuck this yes the blowgun yeah i believe that one piercing damage it is a martial weapon it has less range than everything it is the loading property it doesn't have crossbow it can't benefit from crossbow expert it can't benefit from sharpshooter it it's really not that good and it's clear that the reason that people don't like and he brought this up in the video it's clear that the reason people don't like it is because they are unaware of the section in the basic rules that you can find at the very end i believe it's chapter 15 Here's an example. There are sample traps, and more importantly, a collection of, I think, 10 poisons mm -hmm. that are inhaled, ingested, um, contact, blood, like injury, all this stuff that is clearly meant to be prepped onto the darts that you blow out of them. Mm -hmm. And for that reason, I now have I've made sure to add that to my D&D Beyond account so that I can have a quicker reference because... Though I think the pricing scheme for those poisons is a bit high, I think you should bring it down a little bit. Maybe let some of these poisons... Obviously, the purple worm poison. Oh, that's one thing. Keep that expensive. <laughs> but there's some nasty, and I mean nasty poisons in this list that... Okay, let me just... Let's just I'm just pulling it up. He's Sam pulling it up. Sample poisons. Oh, wow, there's more than that. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 16 different poisons. Some of them obviously cause poison damage and the poison condition. They can end the poison condition on themselves. Some of them just deal more damage over turns. Some of them incapacitate the user. Some of them, one of them causes the poisoned condition. And if they are poisoned by and have the poison condition, they also are paralyzed mm. for up to a minute. That's pretty chonky. One of them, you poison them, and if they fail by five or more, they are unconscious while poisoned. And that's not a mechanic we see a lot, is that, that levels of failure. Yes. I think that's maybe two or three things in the official rules. Yep. Poison and blinded. Um, poison and more damage. Obviously the purple worm. <laughs> 12d6. <laughs> You get, and then, of course, lower ones, like the giant poisonous snake, which is 3d6, poisoned and incapacitated, poisoned, and then under the effect of zone of truth. Ooh, a truth serum. It, it literally is truth serum. Ingesting. is truth serum. Fail a constitution saving throw of 11. They become poisoned for an hour, and they can't knowingly speak a lie. This opened my mind. That specific one, the truth serum, opened my mind to the possibility of poisons that cause the poisoned condition and then some random ass spell effect Cast spell the bane a bane poison a fucking other poison <laughs> <laughs> Dude, 
But you see what a, I mean. A gayus a, a gayus poison. A gayus poison. 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 You know, I think part of I want to you know part of it is there's no like poisoner subclasses out there really. But there's the poisoner feet. That's in there's Tasha's, the poisoner feet, and there's the know. poisoner and there's the poisoner's kit. Yeah. But no one looks to them. I you know, and I think. I think honestly, if there was somebody as wizards that made a dedicated subclass, or maybe like a subclass for rogue, or a subclass for monk, and a subclass for ranger, yeah, and made those like poisoner subclasses, make, make, I think that we would see a lot more people becoming aware of that thing you just talked about. Yeah, and you know what? We should make a video about that. That is, hi Jester. Oh, the bean. The bean has joined the table. Don't don't, don't do don't, that. Don't just don't just, just lay claw it. Just lay down. We gave you the dice tray as your bed. Is that not enough? Do you have to ruin it now? All right. Fine. Anyway, Clean your feet. Taking a bath on stream. I think obviously the cheapest poison is 150 gold, and that's the truth serum one. Um, all of the normal damaging ones are at least 200 or more. The the good ones are like 600 or over 1,000 gold. I think they could be a lot cheaper. And this is obviously not taking into account like harvesting or crafting poisons. harvesting crafting uh and all of and these poisons also have different types of uh of, of how to inflict be it ingested inhaled contact or injury mm-hmm. based poisons absolutely love that and none of that is to even get into the whole you can just make a digital character sheet for your character on D beyond D beyond should be the resource for brand new players that haven't bought anything yet that want to learn more and it should be a fallback that every D player and dungeon master should have in their arsenal jester what the fuck are you doing <laughs> she is jester hey bean come here come here get get off the camera but yeah, especially since I mean, uh, they're just scratches. D and D Beyond, and then other other sites like Roll Twenty mm-hmm. just ha- uh, like have any of the open gaming license material just available. Oh my so gosh! So almost the whole PHB is there, excluding a couple of excluding the non OGL content. Yes, SRD. So you got like a single feat. Yeah, but you still have all of the classes there and one subclass for each. And a ton of spells. And oh, a huge amount of spells. Uh, it highly, 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 highly recommend. You can build so many good, useful characters, even in even after all the evolutions and additions to D&D, through the free access to the non-digital books on D&D Beyond. Mm-hmm. I would. I look forward to the future that we will hopefully have, where future D and D releases include a code for a copy on D and D Beyond. That'd be cool. And it is a shame that going backwards we do not have that. But here Sad. we are. All right, Sam. What do you want to talk? You pick one. I guess I'll go Tetra Cube. So Tetra Cube is a monster stat block generator. It also has a couple other generators, but the the monster stat block is the number one. I I think we both use it for. Mm-hmm. Um, it has preset you can take a number of the again uh, uh, srd ogl monsters and just th- have their stat blocks thrown up there for you uh, available for download as a as a as a photo um you can print them out you can print them out and that's what i like is the fact that when i'm running a game i'm rarely using just a monster in a combat so like I probably have a monster from uh from the monster manual, and I have one from Morden Canaan's, and I have one from Folos. Or the adventure you're running. Or the adventure. Or... or maybe I've made something up. 
or god forbid i have two from the same book and i have to flip like this yeah no fuck that there's no flipping here no except the bird <laughs> hey there it is but yeah so uh going on there and and being able to either just pull up the monster and print it out or pull, pull something up adjust it it has it's a very it's a very intuitive and very, very user friendly um system and uh, now and that's what i do now is like okay i have five different monsters i'll either have you know maybe one in the book or and then three on my screen or i'll print them out mm-hmm. it's it's it is so convenient i absolutely love making custom npcs using tetra cube for my homebrew campaigns and even modifying I've been going through obviously dangerous designs and call of the nether deep for our game and I've printed out a lot of things I've made I've basically copied them from the book into tetra cube to print them off so I mm-hmm. have a reference for them for like every single chapter and there's a couple stat blocks that I tweaked because you guys are going to be stronger than they're expecting I'm going to give you free shit that do be like that and the ease with which you can change numbers, update it, and then it propagates through. Like if you up, like if you up someone's charisma by two, mm-hmm. you don't have to then go in and change the saving throw modifier if they're proficient in charisma or add their, to their deception. When you update the stat block, it updates everything, yep. and it, the math is all in the back end. If you are a fan of the new way that they do stat blocks with the broken out section for bonus actions and reactions, which I am a fan of, yes, there is not an option on Tetra Cube yet. I would be surprised if they weren't working on that. Right. Um, we, there should, are, we should find out who those people are and try and talk to them about we it. We should. That'd maybe, be fun. And maybe interview them for a podcast. Hmm. Just to make note of that. Doty, write that down. Doty, take that down. But yeah, we love Tetra Cube. Highly recommend. Uh, you do have to Google. You can't just go tetracube.com. That takes you somewhere else. You have to go, just Google tetracube D and D, and you'll find it. Yeah, it's a it's a GitHub thing. It's a GitHub thing. And since we're on the subject of GitHub things, I want to talk about RPG cards. RPG cards. Now, a little bit less intuitive than the delicious tetracube, mm. but. Very, very customizable. If you are a big, what? When I was new to D and D, and at my work I have access to a printer, and they don't care what I print off. I mean, obviously I shouldn't be printing off like penises and stuff at work, but you know, cop photocopies of your own butt. <laughs> That'd be funny. That'd be funny. That would be funny. That'd be classic, classic office humor. Now, there was a time where I wasn't able to play D and D, but I loved D and D. You didn't want it to, mm-hmm. so I basically went through the entire dungeon master's guide and i turned them into item cards that's that what that's what that white box is downstairs yeah i'm aware i'm yeah, aware there's I've a lot in there around it. i put i put them in uh top loader plastic uh protectors for uh trading card games but more recently with call of the nether deep as i've been going through and reading that and looking at all of the all of the magic items and various things that players get I've been creating item cards for them and then placing them in the pages in the adventure for where they're going to get them if they come across them is the bean attacking your foot she was like sitting on it Hmm. and then she fell off now these cards come in uh, several different sizes and orientations and I pretty much have used all of them depending on the magic item you can make magic items you can make your own spell cards you can make your own monster stat blocks they have shorthand for a bunch of features like adding check boxes to magic items that require or that have uh, 
different charge numbers. Um, you can customize it to be organized how you want. You can choose to include lore or whatever you want. You can bold what? things, italicize. It's very wonderful. Uh, there's a bunch of built-in icons so that you can choose um, images to be represented in the top corner on the front side and then the back. Like you can print it double-sided and it's going to look while not professional like if you bought from a nice set of magic item cards from amazon or something mm -hmm. um if you have access to a printer at work or are willing to spend the ink and paper yourself i was not i did it at work it's a wonderful option you can just cut it'll print uh, the normal card size three by three on a standard sheet of paper and you can cut it all out, and I put them in top loaders for some. Uh, I don't think I'm going to do that for Call of the Nether Deep. I'm just going to leave them naked, naked paper, naked. And it's a wonderful resource, and I'm a big fan. I know that my homebrew campaign uh, that I've been that had been running for a while, RIP in pieces. Um, they have a bunch of them with the. They loved having the plastic loaders on them mm -hmm. because they could take dry erase to check off. That's great. The chargers yeah. as well. Um, it's, so I'll bring that. I'll bring uh, one of the containers I have of the plastic top loaders upstairs for when that happens. For when you guys get cards, so you can do that's, that. If you that's that's one of those things where it's like, do do you need that? Absolutely. Is it supplementary and is it free? Absolutely. And it just like helps that much. It's that it, it takes your game from from you know a fun experience to just a a. I'm going to change that. It takes your game from a, a fun session to an experience almost. Yes. And is taking an index card and writing on it what's what the item is good? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's more than good. It's being like, you have this item now. Write it down out of the DMG. Good. Yes. That's totally fine. Do but you have shit handwriting? Yes, you probably I, do. I definitely you do. do. I do. I definitely do. Oh, yeah. But being able to hand something that is specified, there's a bunch of color options... Uh, you can organize it how you want. You can add your own lore to it. It's typed up, so it's not handwritten. You can't. It's easy to read. It has it has the boxes there for charges or whatever. Mm. Great option. If you were the kind of person like uh, one of my coworkers, who has recently come into D and D, like in the last two months, and has bought so many things, just so many things. Like, we love you, Rob. But Rob, knock it off. Arguably excessive. Like he dove right in, and I respect <laughs> that. But damn, dude, save your money. Spread it out <laughs> for a little while. He's bought, he loves having the physical spell cards in front of him for picking out what he wants from his spell list and then having them. Yeah. And you can do, the, you can do that with uh, RPG cards. Just search for RPG cards on uh, Google, and it should be a GitHub. It's probably the first thing, RPG-cards. Not, um, uh, not as polished of a user interface as TetraCube, but very useful nonetheless. Sam. Uh, yeah, next we're going to Don John, uh, and we're not talking about the card from the deck of many things. No, we are talking about basically the ultimate generator. If you need something generated, if you need a random dungeon, if you need a random encounter, if you need a magic shop, they got you. There, this this website. This is actually a website. Well, it's a actually it's a anyway, not important. Dungeon. Um, they not only have 5e references, they have 4e, Pathfinder, AD&D. &D. They have AD&D? &D? They have AD&D uh, materials. That's, Weird that's fiction. That's arguably unnecessary. I love it. Alien RPG. Um, and I pulled it up just to make sure I could speak on it. But anyway, and uh, 
I've actually used this to generate the dungeon, the ultimate dungeon crawl for the end of my, my homebrew game, one of my homebrew games, um, Underdark Encounter. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been in the Underdark for months now. And this is the ultimate... Real life months or in-game months? Both. Well, oh. mostly real life. Oh. Time is a weird suit. Bean. Why? Now is the time that you choose your tail to be the fun thing you want to chase? I've never seen her do that before in my life. I think this is maybe the second time. And the other t- the first time was like two days ago. <laughs> she did not get the brain cell today. What are you doing, Bean? Um, but they also have initiative tracker, encounter size calculator, and the one that I just found, that I just discovered on their website, or their whatever, is the Ruby Team Generator. Yes, Ruby, the animated series. R-W-B-E? R-W-B-Y. R-W-B-Y. Yes. Ruby. Ruby. Weiss. Blake. Blake and Yang. Yep. From Rooster Teeth Productions. The Rooster Teeth Production. I got into several seasons of Ruby and I was into it. Ruby's great. I love Ruby. And then they made it more difficult to watch. Mostly in distribution. Not in content and style and story. Yes. But in distribution. But yeah, so if you if you want to, uh, here's a here's Team Snow, which is Scott Daring, the male half orc sorcerer, and it gives oh, you wow. his stats and oh, his no. and his starting equipment, and and Scott seeks revenge against his the sister who betrayed him, Naomi Weiss, female mm. dragonborn warlock. And you just generated that. Yeah, just generated it. Yeah. All right. Well, so that's Donjon. Damn girl, chill. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm going to bed after this. You need to calm down. Daddy, chill. Catty, chill. But yeah, that's Dungeon. Uh, Highly recommend going and checking it out. Um, It's another great free resource. All right, we got three more. Got three more. Hit us up. The next one is Incarnate, the map-making browser software. And I have attempted to use it several times, and the feature set is so robust that it is extremely, like, the learning curve, I wouldn't say extremely, the learning curve is a little bit steep at the beginning, but you can make some gorgeous custom Mm -hmm. world maps with just the free options, and then when you decide, oh my gosh, this is so good... I really hope that meow got picked up. <laughs> Girl. I need to play with her more. You really do. I really do. Incarnate, the map maker, is great browser software. I highly, highly, highly recommend it. If you want to make a world map, you can color it how you want. It is Once you learn how to use it, it is very simple to use. Uh, it's very easy to get... Uh, rough non-straight non-human made edges on your map on your land masses and stuff they have uh when with the tool that you use to draw um it allows for random edges to help create that more natural flow so you don't just have like a curve um you're a random edge. if you are familiar if you are familiar thank you <laughs> if you are thank you if you are familiar with Photoshop and brush sizes in Photoshop and how to use the scroll wheel to make the brush size bigger and smaller to cover bigger, yada, yada, yada. And they have a bunch of stamps for trees and mountains and cities and, and uh, 
when you when you get to the pro features, you get things like roads, entire other styles of cities and buildings, trees, mountains, etc. Girl, okay. <laughs> gonna gonna vamp a little here. Just cat is insane. She is uh, probably right around two years old now, and um. She has one brain cell that she does not get possession of the whole time. She lost it in the divorce. Um, Jester, welcome to the podcast. Bean, welcome. Do you have anything to say? Do you have anything to say to the people at home? She says sniff. I'm going to hold you until you chill for a bit. But Incarnate, if you want to make a map for your campaign, for your players, Incarnate is the way to go. Samuel. Uh, next we have World Anvil. World Anvil, uh, a sponsor of many a D&D show. Not us yet, though I will happily sell out for you, World Anvil. World Anvil, contact us. Please, please do. Um, it's honestly, uh, mostly what it is, is it's a database. It's an empty database that you can fill with all your wild thoughts. Um, it gives you a bunch of different... Uh, categories and even some prompts of here's all the different things you could want to build into your world whether it's like continent history or individual characters or gods and religions magic items organizations factions diseases economies commerce just whatever your heart desires whatever your silly little brain comes up with now i, w- I want to give an asterisk shout out to a, um, oh God. Let me let me let me minimize some tabs. I got a lot of things. Kids. Obsidian. Obsidian. Obsidian is a note-taking software that is very. Uh, not, I wouldn't say very similar, but very popular in uh, the tabletop RPG community for people to. It, it basically creates a giant web. A little asterisk. Honorable mention to Honor- Obsidian. We, I haven't used it. I haven't either. So I didn't want to bring it up. Well, we brought it, it up. It, well, not bring it up. I didn't want to mention it. I didn't want to give it a slot on the list. Right, because we haven't used it. Because we haven't used it. It's not but our favorite. We have used World Anvil, and what I loved about World Anvil, for a time when I only had one game that I played, I went full on. I wrote up lore. I wrote all this stuff. I made certain things public to my players and kept certain things private to myself, which World Anvil you can easily do. You can create NPCs, establish relationships between them, specify the relationships and history of their interactions if you were so chose. Uh, You can then create your own World Anvil page that's like a landing page that you can give to your players Mm -hmm. so they can access various, various bits of lore that they would know on their page and then as they learn more things you can add to it or reveal articles that you've already written for yourself Um, I uploaded a a hand-drawn world map that I did before I knew about Incarnate and it was great I even had a section for session recaps and it took so fucking long for me to write them because (laughs) I would try to do them while I was at work and it frustrated me so I stopped because oftentimes they didn't read them (laughs) one of them always did you always read them. I always, think. And you can collaborate with uh, with your players or other people or go and, and look at other people's worlds that are published and get inspiration. Yes. That's, now, that's World Anvil. We have one more item on this list. This item, I, I, was, I, I was weary to bring up. This can be used to steal 
if you do not own the books for which you are referencing. Do not use this tool for specific things unless he just typed buttholes into our ideas document in large, bold letters. Anyway, sorry. Thank you. Go back to your thing. Do not use this tool unless you have the book with which you are using the tool. It is 5e.tools. That is the web URL, 5e.tools. And it is a digital repository for every release. The reason I love it is if you have an adventure module, you have a digital version that you can pull up on your laptop to scroll through. It also takes all of the handouts and creates high quality images, both with markers and like a legend, as well as without markers and a legend. So you can hand out whatever version you want to your players, keep one for yourself, print them out. That's what I am doing uh, in Dangerous Designs. There are a couple of handouts you've seen where mm -hmm. I've printed them out. I've cut them. Uh, all, I've cut them out in their uh, old papery shape, and I have dyed them using coffee. They've turned out quite nice. Mm -hmm, they have. Uh, one of them I need to burn a little bit. I still need to do that yeah. before the game. We'll get some lighters. Yeah. But 5e.tools is very, very powerful and a very great tool for a dungeon master, mm -hmm. specifically. Uh, if, especially if you're running a pre-written module. If you are a, um, how you say jerk wad a wang rod a wang rod a a a douche nozzle sack of shit then you would use this tool to not have to buy any of the books and run whatever you like please don't do that yes that is rude that, is, that does that does not encourage wizards of the coast to make more of these things yes intellectual property yes it's a very complex thing and and it may not, you may not always agree with it, but yeah. it is important. And I want to point out, I'm not necessarily opposed to piracy depending on the reasoning for it. ROM emulation for old video games. Totally okay with that. Because a lot of the times, you can't buy them anymore. It's true. And if you can buy them, there's no guarantee that they're going to work. And if they do work, there's no guarantee that the console that they play in is going to read them properly and work. Same with, like, out-of-published books. Sure. 5e supplemental content is not out of publish. You can buy them on Amazon very easily. And Good. a lot of them rather inexpensively. Often deals. Good yes. deals. Run but nearly. 5e.tools for the pre-written module running is highly recommended. Highly, highly, highly recommended. If you're going to use 5e.tools, make sure you're not a 5e.tool. Yes. Own the book, then use it. Mm-hmm. It, it literally is... The D&D Beyond alternative for the books that you already own that you don't have a digital version on D&D Beyond. Does it have, it is the database is not easily searchable like D&D Beyond. D&D Beyond is a better product. D&D Beyond, yes. But you pay for it yes. for a reason. So if you have, if you have an old copy of Curse of Strahd and you want a digital version to print out some maps, print out some handouts. Maybe you just prefer to scroll through on your laptop behind your DM screen instead of have the book open in front of you. Then or five, you can easily hide it at work. Exactly. Very, very easily. Then 5e.tools. Wonderful resource. Now Sam. Now Connor. That is all we have for this episode of the podcast. And uh, our, our wishy-washy schedules themselves made it uh, very difficult for us to schedule this. And we kind of decided to do this recording yesterday. Yep. A little impromptu. Little impromptu. So sadly, 
We do not have any questions from the Discord. You can join our Discord channel where over 125 of you, I believe that math works, 100 and, 122 mm. people are in that server. We love you all very much. Not as active as I would like, but we're more, also not as active as we as we could be. More and more active by the day. Yeah, by some days. By some days. You know, I, I, I did I was thinking about what uh when we were talking, go listen to the interview with role playing generates, but Steven and, and Cisco were talking about they do they were running games for their Discord for free. Just interact with their folks. And I and I think that uh maybe that's something we should strive for once we can breathe again. Which will be after Gen Con at least. Here is here is hoping. Um, as far as the TikTok live, we don't we don't we also don't really have any cues to A here. Oh no cue there I do love a good cue for the occasional A. I, I will I will read out some some people who popped in and said some nice things. Uh, the party rogue said Hey, the boys, and give hey, a thumbs up. Hey, the boys. Said, love your guys' vids and glad you popped up on the FYP again. This thing, duck, poof. Um, Fascinating. I'm Barack Obama, says pop one for the boys. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We had the former fucking president in our chat? Apparently. Apparently. Thanks, Obama. Um, remember when that was a thing? I remember when that was a thing. Do you remember? Do you ever seen the video where he tries to dunk a cookie in milk and it's too big to fit, so he lays it down and he he, 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 he mouths, "Thanks, Obama." Thanks, Obama. <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm. Haro bed no nose yarg says absolute menace energy from Connor. I mean, listen. Carry on. <laughs> um. Fraud bun says, "Let's go exclusive content." When we were talking about. Pack. Mm, oh, but, but, but I had to bleep that now. Okay, that's fine. I don't care. Man. <laughs> when we were talking about the insert future name here, pack. Insert name. Uh, they also Redacted. Say, My cousin met with Satine Phoenix. Oh. Was she nice? I don't know. I think Fraud Bun popped out a while ago. Yeah. Lucky Turtle 19 says, I played once or twice. That's all. But I've always been the nerd in my friend group, and none of them are interested. Mm. It does seem that way. It always it, it does. As we we have we have converted several, and as people who were the same way, you just gotta find it. Find new friends. Take your or, old friends, stab them a few times, strangle them. Obviously, okay. We don't need a mess to clean up. That's fair. But your friends may not think they're into D&D yet. Because at one point, all of us were not into D&D. Until true. we were. It's true. And you just need to shepherd them along. Maybe a little one-on-one, -on -one, one DM, one player. Maybe a little two-player, one DM. We've done that to introduce a couple people. We have, we have adopted many into the D&D lifestyle. And so can you. You're capable. If you have a favorite D&D show... Try showing them that. That's that's. I hear a lot of people get into it that way. Oh my gosh, absolutely. And a there's lot of, a lot of great D and D shows that are not 123, 112, 370 million episodes yeah. that are five hours long each. You can find some great eight episode miniseries, four episode runs, one shots that'll really get people. Um, 
I like to recommend if you are okay with some older content uh, that doesn't have any anything really new, uh, at least not on YouTube. The new content is behind a paywall. Node. Uh, the video game channel on YouTube, Node, mm. they had several mini-series of D&D campaigns that they run. If you are familiar with the Corridor Digital YouTube channel, a very popular one from old YouTube, uh, and still popular to this day, they, uh, the people that do Corridor Digital, a lot of them also do Node. Uh, they did a lot of campaigns. San Gorski was the DM for those. They also have uh, a new D&D show on their paywalled website that is fascinating they it's literally a D campaign and then they come back afterwards and they put on cosplay costumes and they act it out in front of green screens and they green screen themselves into 3d scanned environments of the places they were in the game it's really cool um if you're willing to pay out the money for that feel free or if you're already a big fan of quarter digital please let me know because i would love to hear more about that dad zach 69 says fire <laughs> flame on that's it that's it that's all we got that's all we got this is a nice little felt episode yeah really yeah i I, we've been we've been on a on a habit of ballooning the length a little bit and it does help that this is a bit of a slow week no real big releases a bit more free form with the main topic um with no no like unearthed arcana for us to comb through No. no book to review where we can just talk for hours on end and I'm okay with that. It's it's a little late. It's almost ten o'clock. I have to get up in five hours. Yeah, it's your own stupid fault. Well, this was what made sense, so here I am. Well, I mean, living—that's your own stupid Once fault. Once again, I'm torn into pieces. I'm I can't torn deny into it. Pizza. I can't pretend, because I just thought you were the one in my head. I see that you, you are the only. Oh. I mentioned I don't know how to sing. Hmm. Hmm. Well, if you liked this content, please rate us on your podcasting service of choice. You can find us on Google, Apple, Spotify, microwave ovens. Smart fridges sometimes. Some some smart fridges. I have been I have been told that we have been listened to on a smart fridge. You can also follow us on the TikTok where over eighteen thousand of you currently do. Mm-hmm. You can find you can find us on the YouTube. We are trying to make some more specific YouTube content. We have a new release, which is the how to use spell points. You're playing your warlock wrong, essentially. Yeah. You're, 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 you're playing your warlock wrong, and that's okay. We're here to shepherd you along. You can join our Discord server where I'm not going to be as much of an asshole to you. Probably. You can ask us questions. You can interact with other people. There's a Finding Games channel. We need some more people Absolutely. to DM out there. And I recently made a new uh, channel uh, in the Discord called where to go because we've got a lot of channels and some of them don't have a lot of content so it's not abundantly clear what they are all for a nice little paragraph i wrote with links out to all of those so very good you can figure that out you can follow us on instagram dungeon dungeon dot bros yes and sam is sam is i'm I'm putting everything together there taking pictures promoting us kicking names taking ass chewing ass kicking bubblegum Exactly. And, of course, the drive-thru RPG, 
which is if you want to support us, the best way to support us. It is our repository for Pay What You Want Homebrew along with our $4.99 D&D supplement that is over 30 pages, our Blood Magic supplement. Mm -hmm. Uh, People that have actually gotten it, we gave out a lot of free copies to friends on the internet. And the people that have looked into it and are a lot of them want to there's several that want to try it out we've heard very positive things in response which has made us very 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 happy just oh so happy uh that is 4.99 if you're like 4.99 is a lot of money join the discord server in the announcements channel there's a link there's a link you can click that'll uh that'll give you 20 percent off it'll be 3.99 instead of 4.99 that's a deal that is a bargain a downright bargain. In addition, every month we release a new free pay what you want supplement for D and D, a small pack. Sam did the most recent one. It, it is June. It is drugs. Drugs. Conduction. Drugs. Arcane illicit substances. Drugs. With benefits that come at a cost. Indeed. Indeed. We're on a habit there with benefits that come at a cost. You know what? I I think that there there's we've talked about this before. There's like one thing in D&D that mostly is and that's the barbarian the berserker barbarians frenzied rage and the reckless attack and and even then even even then you know so you know what you want to punish yourselves a little more make it a little more high stakes I know certainly I do I'm in a constant state of punishing myself I'm in a constant state of high stakes I just can't reach my cows hmm anyway I thought you were having I thought you were having your meat smoked with marijuana no just just hickory. And ass. Smoked ass. Smoked ass. Don't eat don- <laughs> don't eat donkeys, kids. Next month for the homebrew Eating Donkeys. We're probably gonna do a magic item pack. Sounds good to me. Uh, that that that's what we ha- that's what we have on the board. Let's get on it. We should do that. In the meantime. Peace. Out. Kiss your kiss your kiss your father. It's been Father's Day. Oh shoot. By the time you Listen to this. It will have already passed, so it's too late. Call your dad up anyway. Yeah. Be like, hey. You're alright. Unless they're dead already. Or shitty. Not around. Or abusive. Or yeah. in prison. You or know, if you're if you're kind of like on good terms with your dad, hit him up. Or you know, maybe a little racist or I mean everyone's a bit racist misogynist misogynistic or it doesn't mean we go around committing maybe, hate crimes maybe he likes burning crosses then don't that's you a don't little feel like, that's a little you don't uh, have to contact him top. that's fine um if he's fahrenheit 451ing ooh if he burns your dmd books uh call us we'll take care of it yeah we'll get the we'll get the moon to put it on the schedule for us and we'll get to it in uh three to five business weeks yes um that's assuming we remember who you are. And as always, peace out.